Welcome to this week's podcast by Celebration Church Rarotonga. We believe this message will empower and equip you to live a life of breakthrough. Thanks for joining us. There's no doubt about it that the law wants us to have faith. And I think and I believe that the enemy wants to rob your faith just about more than anything else. Because if he robs your faith, he robs your momentum. Kind of like he can uh, fog your brain and mist your brain with discouragement and uh, condemnation and so forth. And a lot of Christians, we live in a realm not of faith. Faith, Faith really unlocks prison doors. Faith is the thing, it's like the collateral of heaven. It's the thing that God deposits, each has been given a measure of it, and with that faith we begin to come in and we just begin to believe in Jesus. We're believing for deliverance, we're believing for family restorations, we're believing for marriage restorations, we're believing for a nation to come under the influence and the impact of God. We're believing for financial breakthrough, we're believing for health breakthroughs, we're believing for destinies to unfold and ministries to be thrust out and so forth. And so the law wants you to have faith it's very important that you have faith for your life, but not faith in faith, faith in the Messiah, faith in Jesus. The Bible says that all things are possible for those who believe. In other words, we're believing in not a substance. We're not believing in a concept. We're believing in a person, and that person is Christ. And uh, God has given you the capacity to believe. We're natural believers. You get up in the morning, you knew you're going to live. You knew you're gonna, your clothes are there in the closet. You put them on the wardrobe. You knew there was going to be some breakfast there. You knew that you're going to get on a motorbike, get down to church. You just had natural faith for that. You know that tomorrow comes, tomorrow is a Monday, and you're going to cruise to work or cruise to high school or, or be about your education or be about your business. You've got your med- meetings scheduled out. You just have faith that those things are going to work because you just have faith in it. That's natural faith, and it's part of our makeup. It's part of our design. But the other thing is God has given you a Holy Ghost faith alive on the inside that you're going to need to have to go the distance. You're going to need to have that faith to break through so you can become what God wants you to become. Understand? Okay. So we know these things backwards and forwards, but I think it's important because when you have faith in God, you have faith in who you are in God. Now, in a battle, there's two things you need to know. Is number one is who you are in God, but also the authority, the believer's authority that you have. And that's one of the attacks in the church. It's just to keep uh, like a dimness in front of us to stop us recognizing what is our destiny in God, but what is like that the ammunition that God has in the realms of faith that help catapult us and push us through into the things of the Spirit. And so the one of the things is, is the believer's authority. A lot of Christians, we don't actually understand the believer's authority. The, the, the authority over darkness, the authority over sin, the authority over condemnation, over discouragement, the authority over fear and terror, the authority over the nations of the earth. The church is loaded with power. The church is loaded with Zoe, God life. 
Your family is loaded with God. And it's you and I recognizing the authority, the believer's authority that we have. And it's who we are in Jesus. And so sometimes the enemy wants to denounce us and and to make us feel sad, to make us feel incomplete, to make us feel lack of worthiness. And so he begins to target us and hit us in these key areas so we actually feel like we're second-rate Christians. These are the spiritual guys. These guys are in the nations doing this, and here's my kind of bankrupt spiritual life and, and so forth. But that's not how God wants you to think. God wants you to know that you are actually, you ready for this? You are the righteousness of Christ. That's a position in the realm of the Spirit. That's who you are. You say, well, I'm a Cook Islander. Yes, you may be a Cook Islander. You might be born here. You could have been born in Auckland, or or you could be an Asian person or a European this morning. That might be the natural side of star, but you are intrinsically, number one, you are the righteousness of Christ. Now, the enemy works overnight. Works overnight to have you not feel righteous, to have you feel denounced, to have you feel low, to have you feel struggling in that realm. So what God has given you, Romans talks about, is a measure of faith. And that measure is inside of permeating you, helping you to locate the things of God. And if you give that faith access and influence around your life, you'll end up fulfilling your destiny. It's as simple as that. It's probably one of the key components along with humility and repentance that really begins to work for the believer is that area. And so here's some scriptures for us. You should know these ones, perhaps. Romans 8, chapter, uh, Romans 8 verses 1, it says, There is therefore no condemnation, it's like a death sentence or a sentence, to those who are in Jesus. A condemnation, there's a sentence on your head. There's an accusation over your life. I want you to think about this. I talk to a lot of Christians, do counseling. When I say counseling, I'm just talking and sharing and that sort of stuff. And I realize this is a real common problem, is that Christians feel totally and absolutely inadequate at times and condemned. They feel feel they're not actually worthy before God. Maybe we had a pretty shoddy uh, dad image, a father image. Maybe dad was distant. And so there's a carry-on flow. And... And, and we begin to feel like God doesn't love us that much. Now, I know this thought, and then I read uh, a couple of years ago about Derek Prince. Of all Derek Prince's ministry, one of his big conclusions, he said, was this. He said, at the end of the day, one of the biggest conclusion is the fact that God's people do not understand the image who they're bearing. They don't understand who they are in God and who God is in them. So the enemy hits us with guilt. We just feel like we can't pray. We feel like, well, who am I to go into the Holy of Holies? We feel like we've got unclean hands. We feel like we're, that God doesn't love us that much. He loves Kura. <laughs> he does love Kura. He loves Ben and Jocelyn. But he tolerates me. He celebrates them, but he tolerates me. Now, you'll be surprised subconsciously that actually lurks in the back of our mind and it lurks in the back of our emotions. Well, what it does, it actually robs us from confidence. It robs us from the can-do. It robs us from having a thing called spiritual authority and confidence because we feel like it's difficult to pick up our weapons when we're not even connected. 
And so, so I'm, I'm not advocating sin. I, I, please understand, there's no condemnation for those who are in the Spirit. But if we're in areas of sin, we need to, we need to uh, make peace with God in those areas and repent and so forth and come in, come into the household of God or come into that relationship because the enemy will have a thing on us. So, for example, I'll just throw this out. If I was into secret pornography or I had hidden pride, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Have, so it's not overt pride, and you say, that guy's got pride, mate. Did you see that? Mate, it's full on. No, there's a hidden pride. You don't get to see it. But that's, it's a smug thing. It's a thing that goes, this hidden thing that's going on, you know, about my life and who I am and that sort of stuff. But you see, that there, the enemy can sniff that out, and he puts an accusation on us, okay? So what God wants us to do is you and I to live and walk in the Spirit we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then what we find is this, because we're walking in the Spirit, the heavens begin to open over us. And the enemy really can't put a thing on us. Because the Bible says in, in Revelation that he accuses us day and night. That's his mastery. That's what he's great at, coming at us, accusing us. So we end up dropping the spiritual ball and thinking, well, why bother turning up to church? I'm not loved anyway. Or why bother uh, fulfilling God? I might as well do this. And it's a real thing. It's like you talk to people will come to um, uh, older calls and get saved. Or I'd say this respectfully, get saved another week, but they got saved the week before. And I was talking to some people. I just wanted to find out. But really, they've been targeted with condemnation. And they might have done something and, and got it right before the law, but the enemy still, he's on their case still. And so what we need to do is say, no, my sins are under the blood of Jesus. I've asked God to forgive me for that hidden pride or that pornography, or, or, and I put the resentment right with the person, I reconcile the person. I've put it right, and God shall remember my sins no longer. From the east is from the west, I shall remember them no longer. The book of Isaiah. But what happens is sometimes the devil wants to get that thing that's buried and bring it up out of the ground. Shake that old dirty rat that we buried or that old cat and that thing he wants to shake that out. Okay. Alternatively, guess what? We want to do it. What is it with us? Why do we have to bring it up? It's almost we cooperate with the enemy. And then we say, yeah, I am a dirty sinner. Yeah, I'm a rotten beast. Yeah, and we, I'm holding the devil's hand almost with a shaking that old rat or that old cat. But it's time to disassociate ourselves with those things and actually believe what the Word of God says us, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. It's a position. It's not an excuse for you and I to say, oh, I'm the righteousness of God, but I'll do my own thing. No, 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 no. You do God's thing. We walk in the Spirit. We walk in holiness. My goodness, we do. Walk in consecration. We walk being yielded to the Spirit of God. We, are, we, we allow ourselves to be open on the inside and have God have 100% access. But at the same time, when it comes to condemnation and feeling like you're a spiritual lowlife, and I don't know how to say it better than that, spiritual low life, you need to be rising up in the Spirit of God and say, no, devil, you can't touch me. I'm God's property. You can't put that on my family. I'm not going to live under that reproach. It's past. We've asked forgiveness for it. The shed blood of Jesus Christ 2,023 years ago covered it. It is finished. It's a completed thing. It's been nailed to the cross. You can't get us on that. It's amazing. 
that God chooses to forgive, but he chooses to forget and let go, release. But sometimes we carry stigma or we carry the feelings of spiritual inferiority around us. Amen? Very real thing. So I told you uh, I was uh, in um, Wellington, uh, where was I, Wellington, Christchurch, and I got up to go to the bathroom early morning, and the Holy Ghost came. He was in the room. The Holy Spirit was right in the room. I, I felt like the Holy Spirit's on my left side, and the words came out of my spirit, and I knew this wasn't me. And these were the words, I'm a justified man. I'm a justified man. And it said about five times, and it was my spirit, it's the Holy Ghost saying it. it it's, it's hard to explain, but it, it definitely wasn't me. I'm going to get up the bathroom and say, hey, you know, give scriptures or whatever. But it was like the law was prophesying out of me because the devil wants to bring a condemnation, a sense of defilement on you, a sense of low spiritual self-esteem on you, and take away the worth that you have as a Christian. Honestly, and he's great at it. He's very, very, he's mastered that area. You go right through scripture, we'll see how many times he tried to stand in gaps between God and man and bring an accusation like the greatest lawyer you have ever seen, prosecuting lawyer. He'll analyze, he'll research your life, he'll find something on you, pin it on you, and he'll bring it up. That's why the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all, can you say all? All sin past and present, if we abide in him, if we go to him and we ask his forgiveness, search my heart, O Lord, is there any wicked thing within me? Examine my heart. Is there any creepy thing inside of me that needs to go, that needs to be crucified? Talk to me, speak to me. When you begin daily, begin to ask that without navel gazing, we go before the Lord like that, the Holy Ghost will speak. Can I say this? There are some things that that um, there are some things that we were doing maybe two years ago uh, was okay two years ago to do, but it's not okay for you to do now. That's very important just to hear that. I speak prophetically. There are some things that may not be sin things. It just may be things that God wants you now to rest because He's got a higher purpose for you now. Uh, the scripture and the scriptures in Corinthians there it talks about uh, it talks about this. He said, "When I was a child, I spoke as a child, but when I grew up to be a man, I put away childish things." And so there was nothing wrong with being a child and talking childish talk. But when you're now a man, we have to give that over. You see what I'm saying? There are some sins, there are some things that, of course, on some neutral areas, we always should be giving over those things that are that are offensive to the Holy Ghost and grieving Him. We we do that, but there are some things that are neutral. They're not particularly bad in themselves. But God says to you, it's time to bury that. It's time to let that allegiance go. Let that relationship go. It's time to walk up the holy mountain. It's time to get the cement bags off your shoulder. It's time to go forward because of destiny's sake. People are dependent on your righteousness. They are dependent on your soul winning, your soul winning skills. They are. And so the more we have a righteousness, if you like, and a God consciousness or desire of God amongst us and a passion for the Lord, he will come because he's attracted to what is his. Okay, and so, so there are things that, 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 that are around our life. We should ask the Father, Lord, is there anything that I am doing, anything I'm a part of that's, that's no longer, the anointing's not on it anymore. 
That's important because if, the, if we're hanging out and doing the stuff in the name of God, yet the Holy Ghost is gone and the Holy Spirit comes and he goes and he moves forward, yet we're still in, it's old, it's tiresome, it's boring, but it becomes religious. It becomes like a dry work pretty quick. The wineskin must be hearing from God because it's to receive the new wine. The anointing of God is always on the new wineskin. So there are things that we're doing and maybe things that we're involved with. Even maybe it's a job for you. Think about it. Uh, you know, we, we listen to people and we, we think, man, they've got major ministries, but we fail to realize the major sacrifice, the radical sacrifice. Uh, let me say this, without going the people going overboard or crazy, as a disclaimer for what I'm about to say, but there's people in Africa, pastors, they've got churches of two, three, four hundred thousand, but they're paying big prices. Some of them will lock themselves away for three and four nights, days and nights, don't even have a light bulb in the room, and they're just praying and praying and praying. They come out for the bathroom, they go back in. And you think, well, what a sacrifice. Well, no, what a ministry. There are other people that have been asked, I want you to hear this, capture this, please. They've been asked to do things that you would think is absolutely legalistically crazy. No, but they've been asked to do it because God wants them to be sustained in ministry later on. You know what I'm saying? Do you? Uh, really, there are, there are, there are things, that, things that God may ask you to do because he's going to set you up for a ministry that he wants you to be sustained in. Very important. And you think, oh, that's a bit, your, your friends and your family will say, well, that's going overboard or that's, surely that's legalistic. No, but go with it. If the Holy Ghost is speaking on it, just go with it. Work with it. There are things that I have to do that I, that, um, that, that are quite, not rigid, but they're quite disciplined around my life. There are things that are the absolutes. There are things that I will not do, places that I will not go, things that I will not touch, conversations I will not have because God demands an aspect of purity around my life because he needs to keep me in the ministry. But if we live a shoddy life and all graced out and everything like that, mate, we're not going to make the long distance. To make the long distance requires, it's a requirement in the spirit for you. It may not be for me, it might be for you. Maybe God is calling you to fast two days a week because of your ministry. But because nobody else is doing it, you decide not to do it. But that was the calling for you. Maybe the calling is, because is, I'm not on social media and stuff and, and uh, television. We don't even have it. We've got a broken TV and it doesn't belong to us. It sits there like it's a nice TV. It doesn't go. But we don't watch TV. And I think we watched, I think we might have watched the All Blacks maybe five years ago, you know, or, or longer than that. But, but it's, it's not around my life. But that's what God, because he wants to keep my eye gate pure so that I can hear God. Blessed are the pure so they can hear but what is it God speaking you to do? And can I say this? What is holding you back in captivity? What's holding you back in bondage? And if God is asking you to come up in the holy places, we need to respect that around other people and say, well, if the Lord's telling you to do that, then God bless you. You've certainly got my support rather than ridiculing. But I want to say God tests hearts. He knows. He knows that we need to relish and cherish the things of the Spirit. Even the presence of God, limited or otherwise in our own church, we need to relish the presence of the Lord and not be familiar with the presence of the Lord and run after Him with, with humility of hearts and desire and say, Lord, we need more, we desire more, we want more of you, and not to live that average kind of Christian. What a boring life. 
Siri, to live in the middle. Get out there in God. You're destined to fly in the things of the Spirit. Get out of that box of middle. There's no miracles in the middle. It's always being on the edge. The reason why we're not having the miracles is you don't step out in things of God. You step out in the big giant steps we have, you'll fly with Him and you'll get to know God in ways you've never known. Praise the Lord. Kind of a miles away from my message, but it's what God is saying to us prophetically. Oh, Romans 8.33, who shall bring a charge or an accusation against God's elect? It's he who justifies. God justifies you. Justified. Justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. You've been justified. Remember? I'm a justified man. Man, we need that revelation. That's a position. Then uh, 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 Proverbs 28.1, this is, this is really interesting because, you know, the Scripture says, uh, the wicked um, flee when no man pursues it. And then it says a little comma. Then it says the righteous are as bold as a lion. The righteous are as bold as a lion. What that means is this. When you are righteous and you're feeling comfortable in God, there's a boldness that comes around you. If you are condemnation and feeling inadequate and low and uh, second rate, you will lose, remember I talked about at the beginning, a confidence and authority around your life. And so we just get bashed around by media. We just get bashed around by what people think. We just get moved around. We do this because they said that. It's just like, no, this, we do things because God asks us to do them. That's very important. But what happens is the righteous are as bold, forthright, strong, exploit people because he's with us, but because we're connected in, but because of our righteousness. And that's a revelation right there. When you know who you are in Jesus, there's a confidence. There's a boldness. You don't care about what they're saying about you at work. And they're probably not even saying anything. We think they're saying. Some of us think the world's against us. The righteous are as bold as a lion. There's a boldness that's coming into the end time church because of the righteousness. And I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this. I'm telling you. God and we're not seeing it too much today, is going to re release through ministries around the world, through global ministries. I believe this is going to come. We're not seeing it yet, but I believe this is going to come prophetically. He's going to release teaching and revelation teaching on the authority of the believer. You watch it. So that we now start to walk in the things of God. We are different. We go in and we change atmospheres. We're climate changers. We are different people. We are contagious goodness. We go into the hospitals and things change. We go to the board meeting and things change. People begin to stand up because they realize there's something happening. They're carrying something. There's a favor on some of you people, even right now, because when you go into the secular work, it's like, my goodness, and they want to hear from you because of what you're carrying. The righteousness of God. Yeah, Jesus didn't just save, to, uh, uh, Jesus didn't just get us born again just to save us, that's for sure. We're going to pluck people out of hell, get people born again. Okay, so condemnation, listen, do you know what appreciation does? It destroys mental illness. Research, that's what they're saying. Isn't it amazing how appreciation, appreciating dad or, appreciating dad or mom, mom, appreciating the land, appreciating your circumstance, appreciating your husband or your wife or whatever. We've all got problems, folks. 
We've all got stuff and situations that we get hit around our life, but it's been out to appreciate Jesus in the process. We're grateful. Now, here's the scripture. This is good because I read the other day and I was thinking, that is so true. Research is coming up. They're saying this, to get rid of mental illness, one of the key components is to train them to have appreciation. Because what depression does, depression brings us inside. Hurt and wounds bring us inside. And we forget the fact that our wives were good. We forget the fact that God was good. We forget all these things. But it's a real, I could go on to this area, but appreciation. Now, how's this? In Romans here, you'll know the scripture here. It talks, uh, uh, Romans 1.21. Yes, they knew God, but they, uh, they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. So there's a refusal to give God thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was. So you've got a generation that doesn't acknowledge God, that doesn't thank God, and all of a sudden they're having ideas about who God is now. Interesting. Have you found that? And as a result, their minds became dark and now confused. We have the strangest concepts of God when we don't appreciate Him and we begin to walk away from Him. Appreciate Him. Okay. We're going to uh, uh, close on this here. Jesus challenged small thinking. Uh, But he did identify with great faith. Lock into him, lock into the Holy Spirit, because he will keep you cutting edge on the running edge. He will keep you in faith. He will keep you sharp. He will keep you energized. He will keep you fresh in the things of God. I look at a lot of Christians, and I have to be honest with you, I have to confess this. I think a lot of Christians look really tired. They're just tired, bashed around, worn out, and I think we look a little bit older than we really should at times. Don't be discouraged. But you know what? The Holy Spirit keeps us fresh. Oh, my goodness. Are you really 70? Goodness, my goodness. You only look in your late 50s. The glory of the Lord keeps things sharp, keeps things fresh. It keeps the joy going on here because there's a joy going in here. Appreciation. We should be the most exuberant, have the greatest ideas, be full of the fire of God, the energy of God, the life of God. Nothing's impossible for us because of these scriptures. Here we go. Faith in Jesus. Luke 1, 37. We're going to close on this. For nothing is impossible for God. Light. Obtainable. Possible. In God. Your circumstance. Nothing is impossible. Yeah, but this. Yeah, but that. No, 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 no. In God. Nothing. We have to rewire. New habits in our thoughts. Renew our mind. Matthew 19, 26. Jesus said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things, can you say, are possible. It's obtainable in God. It can happen in Him. Destiny can be unlocked in Him. The finances will come in through Him. The health will come in. The sons and daughters will come in through Him. Mark 9, 23, everything is possible 
for one who believes. Your belief system is obtainable. It's possible when you believe. I told you, didn't I? It's one of the key areas that get, we get robbed in is the area of faith. To pull us down from a position of faith to have you live in natural, natural thinking. I don't know if we can break through. I don't know if it's really going to happen. But you may never say that to your husband, but you think it. You may never say that to your wife, but you feel it. Thinking and feelings can be birthed in unbelief. Somehow, some way in God, we're going to get through this. That has to be our faith measure. It has to be our position. It's going to work for us. Things are going to be different. Things are going to shift. Things are going to change. There's opportunities. Obstacles here come to threaten us. But they also come to make us much stronger in the things of God. Look at your obstacles, your Goliaths, through kingdom eyes. It doesn't matter what you're facing today. Make that decision. I am just going to believe. Can you do that? Each has been given faith. But Jesus says, where is your faith? They had it, but they didn't exercise it. Exercise the muscle of that faith. Well, you'd be a good person to be able to say this. I'm just going to believe God. I'm going to trust Him. Here's the last scripture for us. That's good preaching. So when you think about it, look, look, religious devils take the life out of us. They take the zeal, the passion, the, the excitement, the, the enthusiasm, the joy, the energy. It takes us out of us. It takes the skip. It takes the smile away from us. And we go back into normal, relaxed living. No passion before the Lord. Stir ourselves up, Paul said. Luke 10, 27, here is it. What is impossible with man is possible with God, obtainable. We are part of a conquering bride globally. We're part of a society, the household of God, that has raw power, that has raw energy, that has raw enthusiasm, that's filled with a dynamo, miracle force of God. It's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You can make a major radical difference. You can have a powerful ministry into our generation and into our world, but you've got to stir yourself up. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We'd also love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Celebration Raro or visit our website, celebration.atonga.com. Until next time.